It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. This is an important weekend for many across the nation, in fact, many around the world. This is the weekend before Christmas. What happens on this weekend? Family members begin getting together. Plans are being made. Menus are being finalized. How do we get together with our friends and families? Office parties. I have one tonight for my veterans company. People are getting ready for a very social time. In her 2021 book, Panic Attack, Playing Politics with Science in the Fight Against COVID-19, Dr. Nicole Sapphire breaks down a reasonable approach and the hypocrisy and hysteria that has characterized so much of our pandemic response now on steroids because of political agendas. In a recent appearance, she said, COVID-0 is not response, not reasonable, and Omicron is less severe. That, among other things, has led to the liberal media types, the blue checks and others, on full board with an attack against her. Uh, Dr. Dr. Nicole Sapphire, my colleague as well over at Fox News, uh, joins me now. Nicole, good morning. How are you? Good morning, David. Happy Friday, and thank you for having me on. Well, it was important, and thank you, because I called you last minute. This has gone around the social media uh, as we were talking before the show on other shows, on the more legacy media shows. They're pushing the fear, the guests, the doctors, the beds that are not available. You know, we're seeing messaging over science in ideological science. So I want to let the doctor speak. You spoke to... Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino about COVID zero, about Omicron and about where we are and this idea now being pushed that we shouldn't get together indoors by some, according to some, without a mask on or without social distancing. Yeah, you know, David, as we continue to see as we head into this win- the winter months and holiday season, that uh, rise in panic and hysteria are again um, taking over the media. And while part of it is validated by the sense that we do have a rise in cases, specifically in the Northeast, as you know, the colder weather comes in and people begin congregating for the holidays. But we have to remember that we're still battling Delta, and we've been dealt, dealing with Delta since the summer. And the good news is we have vaccines, we have treat, or boosters, and we also have treatments at this point, in addition to the large amount of natural immunity in our community that's helping keep people out of the hospital and helping to save lives. And so what people are having a difficult time with is changing their mindset to understand that we're never going to get to zero COVID. That's, that's not a reality anymore. And what we have to do is allow this virus to become endemic. And what that means is we have to learn to live with this virus. Now, we couldn't say that a year and a half ago because we had no way to really prevent or treat this virus from attacking people, specifically our most vulnerable. But we have an arsenal now. And it's uh, it's really upsetting to hear people calling for school closures, to canceling events, to saying you can't congregate with your family. When we have practically everybody is allowed to be vaccinated at this point, they could be boosted if they want to. And we have already identified who the most vulnerable is. 
it's time to move forward as a nation and allow this mild illness to circulate. That doesn't mean that people who are unvaccinated or at high risk should go and get COVID. I'm not saying that at all. In fact, that'll cause a lot of preventable death. But in people who are doing the best they can to lessen their risk of severe disease, they should be able to go out and live knowing that it is high likely if they get COVID, it'll be a very mild illness. And then they will have that natural immunity in addition to their vaccine-induced immunity. And that hybrid immunity is proving to be the most protective and long-lasting of it all. So for the people out there, and this varies, you mentioned the factors in the Northeast, colder weather, just like cold and flu season, viruses do better in those areas. But you know, in Southern California, or in California writ large for the most part, the weather is warmer, but yet the, the policies, Nicole, that are being made, being made by politicians either without the advice of medical professionals or by ideologues pushing an agenda, that's what I'm seeing. Am I wrong? No, you're not. And, you know, I talked about this a bit with Dana the other day, Dana Perino, during her show. And essentially, you you see people having to wear masks when they're in airplanes. You see people wearing masks when they're walking through a restaurant, but not when they're sitting in a restaurant. And a lot of these policies are, and actually I can vouch for this, is when you go to a Broadway play in New York right now, you have to wear a mask at all times, unless when you're eating your refreshments or your candy or whatever it is that people like to eat. It doesn't make any sense, okay? So you're doing these things because you feel like it's good optics and it makes people feel safe. But large, largely where people are transmitting this virus is in the comfort of their own home or when they are congregated in a small indoor setting and they are being loud and boisterous and laughing and singing and kind of having a great time. And, you know, there are people mixing. And unless you keep people in their own individual bubbles, in their own individual spaces, you're not going to stop that transmission. Because once someone gets it, they bring it to their house and it spreads like wildfire. So the best we can all do at this point is live our healthiest life. We know living a healthier life drastically decreases our risk of severe COVID, specifically getting to an ideal weight. And we know that vaccinations at this point, too, will also decrease the risk of hospitalization and death. And for people who are at a higher risk, who are over the age of 55 or have chronic medical comorbidities, getting a booster will also further decrease your risk. We have the ability to lessen our risk of severe illness. We will never get to zero risk. And we have to move forward knowing that we will not get to zero risk. And that's okay because we live with risk every single day. We live with risk getting in our car to work every morning and going out and getting on an airplane and getting on a boat and everything else that we do that society has been okay with. We have to move forward being okay knowing that there will be risk with COVID, but we have to do what we can to individually lower our risk of severe illness and protect those around us. Yeah, the ideas or some of the ideas being pushed now around how and when to get together. And I hear all your points. There's another point I'd like to make and tell me, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, I like to make sure people understand who I'm speaking with here, but common sense is if you feel something, you know, the old, if you see something, say something, if you feel something a little off, you feel one of the symptoms like you would with a cold or flu. When that happens to me, I minimize my interaction at home with my wife. I minimize with friends and relatives. And then if something feels worse, I get it checked out. Isn't that one of the most common sense approaches to this? Yeah, 
Absolutely. I mean, right now, it's not just COVID going around. You have influenza, you have RSV, you have other coronaviruses, rhinoviruses, many things that are causing those seasonal colds and mild flus. And again, we've lived with this every single year and we've accepted it. And so we have to change our mindset from we've lived an entire lifetime knowing that we have a flu season. We need to move forward to accept that we're going to have a flu and COVID season. So you do what you can to prevent your risk of severe disease. That's why we recommend flu shots every year. Is it possible we're going to recommend a COVID booster every year? Maybe. We'll, we'll see. We already say, hey, Pfizer telling us we're going to need a fourth dose. I'd really like to get our public policy updates from someone other than Big Pharma. But it's not so unreasonable to think that as we see, obviously, efficacy does wane over time, that there may be an updated booster annually, just like we do with the flu shot. But I will have to say that we have some good news coming out of South Africa this morning on Omicron. And the South African Health Administry showed that during this wave with Omicron, that deaths across all ages, the death rate was down by two-thirds compared to Delta wave and the other preceding waves, also decreased hospitalization rates. So we have mounting evidence that the Omicron variant, while highly contagious, highly contagious, is likely causing less severe illness, more mild symptoms, and people are recovering faster. So if Omicron is plus if Omicron starts circulating in the United States, which it's already starting to, I mean Delta is still the main one right now, but you know Omicron's on our horizon. If we get Omicron to be our dominant variant here, considering the amount of vaccine-induced immunity, natural immunity, hybrid immunity, boosted people that we have, Omicron's going to cause a cold in the far, far, far majority of people. Now, we know the most important risk factor for severe COVID-19 is age, with right now the far majority of people still being hospitalized with COVID, vaccinated or not, are over the age of 70, and those who are dying are also over the age of 80, vaccinated or not. So we have to move forward always protecting our elderly, but the rest of the population needs to be able to move forward, accepting that this is turning into a much more mild illness. This is not the spring of 2020. Yeah. And uh, trying to mass five-year-olds, four-year-olds, three-year-olds, two-year-olds doesn't make sense to me either. I want to go back to something we've heard more about recently. And for clarification, hybrid immunity. You mentioned that, yes, immunity wanes over time. By the way, it does with the cold. It does with other viruses. It, it is a natural part of our biology. But clarify hybrid immunity. And are there any studies on it that, that demonstrate you know, to what extent it is better or worse at this point? Absolutely. So hybrid immunity is when someone has already had COVID and they get vaccinated or they've gotten vaccinated, and then they have a breakthrough infection. So it's that combination of vaccine-induced immunity and natural immunity. And that combination is proving to be more effective than natural immunity alone, as well as more effective than just two doses of the vaccine alone. And while this has been suggested in many small studies, it's most recently been suggested in the SIREN study out of the UK. Now, this hasn't been peer-reviewed yet, but I looked at the data myself, and what they looked at was over 30,000 healthcare workers. 
And lo and behold, those who had vaccine, who had gotten vaccinated and also had an infection had significantly more protection than the other two groups alone. Interestingly, they also showed natural immunity was stronger than the two doses of the vaccine alone as well. But the combination of the two superseded it all. It boils down to how low of a risk do you want to get to? So if you have two doses of the vaccine, you have a low risk of severe illness. You get a booster, you have a lower risk of severe illness. If you had natural immunity, you have low risk of severe illness and so forth. It's just the good news is at this point, people can do what they want to lessen their risk of disease. We, we have the tools within us. It's just a matter of how low of a risk you need to go. We don't want to turn into a bubble boy and never be social and never go out um, because that will bring a whole wave of mental illness. But what we need to be able to do is get to a point where we can be comfortable. I talk about this in an opinion piece earlier this week on foxnews.com. The risk of hospitalization in a vaccinated individual is about who gets a breakthrough infection is about one in every 26,000. That's a pretty low risk. Our overall lifetime risk of dying in a car crash on our way to work every day is about one in 106. But people still get in their car every day. There's just so many things that we do that have risk with them, but we have all accepted that level of risk. Eating processed foods, drinking alcohol, I do both of those things. They come with risks. So it's everything in moderation and living your healthiest life, but being able to maximize your life while minimizing death and illness as well. You know, as you say that, and I know you've got patience today, I really appreciate your time. But the last thing, something you said really caught my ear that doesn't get discussed a lot. Uh, living your healthiest life and not living in fear. You know, things trigger our bodies, lower our immunity. Walking is great because you increase your immunity as you walk, something we're designed to do biologically. What does fear do to your body when you have this constant fear? That's a great question, and this is something I talk in length about in my first book, Make America Healthy Again, because as we all know, I am not a wellness or nutrition expert by any stretch of the imagination. I love um, I love champagne, and I love chocolate, and I love other things that are probably not the best for you, um, but it's everything in moderation. So we can make some small changes just by eating better, by being more active, and that drastically reduces our risk of illness. But that's the physical component. We have to also think about the mental component because you can't have one without the other. You can't have great physical health if you have poor mental health because what's the point? So you have to, when you look at how fear and anxiety and this constant state of hysteria and panic that people have been in, how it affects us, it increases our cortisol. I mean, it does physiological changes to us, increases cortisol and other hormones in our system. It causes higher blood pressure. It can cause headaches and vision changes and all other things that negatively affect us and could ultimately affect us, our physical health as well. So people are so afraid of getting COVID-19, but they're missing the bigger picture. They're neglecting their mental health. They're neglecting some of their other physical health. People stop getting their mammogram because they're more afraid of COVID than cancer. Well, it's an important thing. It's a whole health approach. Nicole, uh, I appreciate your time. As I said, you're a, you're a practicing physician, unlike some of these physicians and 
you know, let's say ones that haven't practiced in some time, like Dr. Fauci, who are advising us on shutting down one more time. Uh, your book was great. It, it was, you know, an eye opener for me in many ways. Panic attack, playing politics with science in the fight against COVID-19. Let's follow the science. Let's follow the facts. Let's follow doctors and common sense. That's that's my approach. And so far, I'm traveling. I'm getting together with my family. I'm going to big Greek weddings and dancing, <laughs> and I seem to be just fine. <laughs> that's great. Happy to hear it. Thank you, Nicole. Appreciate your time this morning. All right, there you have it. I, you know, this is coming up so much right now. Uh, one of my producers was telling me about one of the morning shows that the doctors on who were telling you beds are gone. We can't man. We can't take care of life threatening illnesses. We're it just the fear game. What does fear do to you? What does it do to your life? My mother, God bless her heart, she has never lived in fear in any of this. She and her friends, the seniors, you know, the OLG, the old lady gang, they're doing their best, living their best life. But yet we have a group of people in this country who are not in those age groups, younger people who are pushing fear because the politicians tell them it's so ridiculous. You can join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.